said you hallelujah. Girl said you hallelujah. Girl said you hallelujah. Cause uptown funk don't give it to you. Cause uptown funk. Boys and girls, here we go. Week four, week five, whatever the hell. Feels like week a thousand, to be honest with you, with uh, the Softy Hawk Blogger podcast, breaking down the Hawks every single week. Good, bad, indifferent. We're here talking about it. Lots happening on the field, lots happening off the field. Uh, but this uh, does not happen without our buddy Brian Nemhauser from hawkblogger.com. So here he is, Brian Nemhauser from hawkblogger.com. How are you, pal? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Softy? Uh, good. So. What's the word? What's our what's our general attitude right now towards the Seahawks franchise? On the field, off the field. I asked this question yesterday of my audience. I got a lot of different responses to it. Uh, it's a weird time for the NFL, a weird time for the Hawks, but how would you kind of summarize and sum up your thoughts on your general attitude towards the football team right now? It's funny. I, I well, Maybe it's not funny, but I, I think I'm more proud of the team off the field right now than I am uh, on the field. Uh, I, I really – respect what they announced today um you know i've been pretty vocal on my you know in my channels about the fact that i do stand for the flag and for the anthem and and uh, i think that's important but uh more important than that is that we actually make some progress towards what's a real issue uh you know in the country in terms of safety for all citizens and safety for police officers i mean it's not great for police officers if if folks think that anyone approaching them is, is going to potentially uh, hurt them, there's going to be retaliation. We've already seen that happen uh, in Texas last year. So I think uh, what they came out with today with a plan and a way that the players, I think we're going to find out players are contributing to this fund. I think we're going to find out ownership and coaches are contributing to this fund. And it's a way for fans to, you know, help make a difference as well. And I will absolutely be putting my money where my mouth is. I'm going to be donating to this and, because I, I want a better country. I want a place where everyone feels safe to, to cheer yeah. for sports and safe to play in the streets. And I hope that fans understand that because uh, it's disappointing to me to see already some people come out negative with negative reactions. I, I just can't understand how there could be negative reactions to trying to make positive change. Negative reactions to what was announced today is what you're talking about. Correct. With the Correct. Uh, Equality and Justice for All Fund. Well, if people are pissed off about that, then the hell with them. Are you kidding me? They're just finding ways to be angry. All right? I mean, there were people that were angry at the Cowboys for taking uh, a knee before the anthem against the right. Cardinals on Monday. And then guess what? They stood up and they all put their hands on their hearts and they uh, they paid respect for the flag. Uh, if you're one of those people that's just angry about that and you're angry about this, then you're just going to be angry about everything, and I can't help you. Yeah, I kind of – I have to agree. I mean, I always try to find a, a way to bridge, you know, bridge the gap with people, but I don't – I just don't understand how how to do that. If you're really going to be against trying to make people safe, if you're against equality, then I don't know that you're really an American. Uh, you know, that's just that's, – that's where I am, and um, I think – even if you if you care about this game, which is a lot less important, but if you care about the, the sport of football yeah. and NFL, yeah, um, you know this is the Seahawks trying to put a, a path forward where you can be for the country, you can be for the flag, um, and you can be for equality. Like that's what I'm looking for is a way that we can unite behind something that matters and not make this so divisive about whether you stand for the flag or not. I think that is a secondary thing. The primary is making people safe. 
Well, let's uh, let's get away from that for a minute, which you know you kind of feel yeah. bad about, but it's it's an important topic. But we're here to talk about football. I think that's the let's focus. Um, what did we think about what happened last Sunday? Because there are some folks that believe that maybe the protest was a distraction for the Hawks, and they took that out onto the field with them. Uh, Pete Carroll says no. The players say no. And then somebody else I spoke to who's an ex-player said, hey, look, if you told me that we're going to discuss something for two hours on a Saturday night before a football game, uh, you can bet your butt there's a chance that they that, that may have played a role of a distraction on, on Sunday. Do you buy that at all? I don't really because, I mean, look, you can make the argument that, hey, this is a galvanizing force that's, that's bringing people together on the team. You can make the call that it's, it's a distraction and it's hurting the team. And – you know, who knows which one of those is true or if both of them are true and equaling each other, you know, canceling each other out. Every other team, you know, the Titans were in the locker room. They had issues to, to contend with. Like, I, I just, I think that that's a cop-out. I think that the team on the, that goes on that field has to execute. What we saw happen on that field didn't look like a distracted team. It looked like a team that has issues on the offensive line, that has issues with a quarterback that I don't think has been playing to his potential so far until he got to the second half and when, when really the pressure picked up. And I think you got a defense that had major breakdowns and honestly got outmanned. I thought the Titans actually – I think that the, the Seahawks are minimizing the Titans. I think that the Titans really manned up on them blocking-wise and, and manhandled them. So I, I think those were what – what really decided that game are you are you more concerned right now about the offense or the defense because i i can i can give you a take from both perspectives i can play both sides of the fence on that but what i will say to answer my own question then to get your thoughts on it brian um i think our 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 consternation about the defense really has to do with one quarter of play and that's the third quarter of the Titan game. I don't think anybody would turn down what we saw against the Packers when they allowed you know Green Bay to score 17. Ten of those obviously uh, came outside of the turnover by uh, by Russell that led the uh, led to the uh, Montgomery touchdown. But uh, isn't this really all about one quarter of football? And that's the third quarter for the t- for in the Titan game that's leading to our angst over the defense. I don't think it's one quarter. I mean, we we saw we saw some breaks in the run defense uh, against the 49ers. We saw some breaks in the run defense against the Titans. And, you know, they had trouble stopping the Titans. They're talking about the big plays as this, this key aspect. Sure, that, that happened. But the Titans, you know, they scored on like five or five possessions in a row. They were moving the ball with, with some confidence. And, um, yeah, I, I think that there's some legitimate questions about the run defense. But getting back to your original you know, question you asked, I definitely have – more confidence in, in the defense to to right the ship. They've, they've, Carroll has shown the ability to do that in the past. You know, I, I know that. We haven't seen this offense consistently play uh, at a high level since really the second half of 2015. And I'll tell you, Dave. I mean, the thing that I, I've asked, you know, I've asked players, I've, I've you know asked other fans, and and what I just want to understand is we've seen the Seahawks offense click it into high gear when they need to when there's like their backs are against the wall. And I, I just don't understand why that can't happen earlier. And to say it's just an up-tempo thing, I don't believe that's the case because it's not always an up-tempo thing. How do you, it, it, to me, it's like a, a closer in baseball who's asked to pitch in the eighth inning when, in a non-save situation. You know, like there's this mentality thing that seems to switch. And I, I feel like they've got to capture that and get off to 
faster start with more urgency than, than we've seen. Yeah. Well, they've scored. They're averaging five and a half points per half. I mean, that's pathetic, right? 5.3 points per half. That's not that's not good enough. And my, my biggest issue with the offense is I don't know what their identity is right now. And I have no idea what they want their identity to be. And maybe that's an even bigger concern. I think they want their identity to be the run game. But if they want it to be the run game, you and I just got done talking last week about how we would have loved to see them pick up where they left off after that last drive against the Niners. And they didn't do that. And they didn't even – and, Brian, they didn't even try to do that. They had they one run on the first drive of the game, zero runs on the second drive. And the third drive, they get uh, – uh, uh, Chris Carson goes uh, goes back-to-back for 11 yards, and then he's on the bench. And they don't run the yeah. ball the rest of the drive. So I don't even know what the hell their identity is right now. I 100% agree. One out of the first six plays was a run. Three out of the first nine plays were a run. And – when they started running the ball a little bit later, I, I thought I saw some success there. And, and, and success to me is not 9, 10, 15-yard runs. Those are great. But if you're getting three yards on first down, that sets you up to be, you know, third and three or third and four instead of six and seven all the time. And I just think they keep getting these situations where they pass on first down, then they get in predictable run situations on second down, and then they're third and long. I mean, that equation has to change. And I do put that on the coaches to, to be more creative in how they approach that thing. And I do put it on, you know, uh, uh, Russell as well, um, that I'd like to see him, you know, maybe he's checking out of some some uh, some run plays into pass plays. You know, maybe maybe the team needs to, to change that and really focus on establishing the run. Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I guess uh, the other part says if you're going to be a pass first team, do you have the personnel to pull that off? I was on with a radio station in Portland today, and they were asking me about just becoming a pass-happy football team. Well, we've seen what happens to this ball club when they throw the ball a lot. They don't usually win, number one. And number two, uh, if they're going to be a pass-happy team, do they have the wide receivers to pull that off, and do they have the offensive line to protect? And I think the answer is no on both fronts. Well, you know, I put out numbers after the game on Sunday. Uh, Russell Wilson's thrown for over 350 yards four times in his career, regular season and playoffs. The Seahawks are 0-4 in those games. Russell Wilson has passed for 40 or more times in a game six times now. Seahawks are 1-5 in those games. The only game they won was 12-10 against the the Dolphins last year in the opener. Um, So they have not shown a history of when they're a high-volume passing team being particularly successful. Um, that said, I think they can be a very efficient passing offense, but I think it has to work. I mean, the whole thing is built off of, you know, having some amount of threat in the run. And uh, so, yeah, I, to me, it's not a personnel thing. I do think they have personnel to be a, a, a high score, a high paced passing offense. I think they showed that in 2015. My biggest question there is now you've got Doug Baldwin who's injured. You know, he is far and away their best receiving option. And Tyler Lockett, has not yet looked like Tyler Lockett to me. Like yeah. he he is such a key threat when he's right, and you know maybe he's still working his way, way back. Maybe they just don't trust him quite yet. I don't know, but I want to see more Tyler Lockett um, to help open up that that offense. Are we being too negative right now? 
about this football team. I mean, they're one and two. They're not zero and three or two and eight, right? They've played three games, and one of them they almost won for God's sakes, which was the Packer game, which is a very difficult place to play. If they don't turn the ball over and give the Packers the ball at the six, they might even walk out of there with a victory for crying out loud. If they don't get hosed on a defensive PI call that was never called on Jimmy Graham, they may walk out of there with a victory. Um, I feel like the conversation, not just from you and I, but overall is very negative in tone right now. Is that fair? Um, well, it's definitely true that that's, I think, the case. And as far as fairness, I mean, <laughs> you've accused me before of being a uh, glass half full or glass three quarter full, maybe is yeah. too optimistic at times. And I try to keep it as real as I can. I, I, I think that given the talent on this team, the level of performance is, is significantly below what it should be. Um, I, I don't think there's any argument about that. I think this is an incredibly talented team. I think the defense has had some, some breakdowns that, I mean, look, before the game last week, I told you I felt like the defense was not quite as dominant as I had hoped for them to be. They didn't get any pass pressure, no quarterback hits, no sacks in that game. That can't happen. I don't care how good the offensive line is for the other team. Our defensive line should be that disruptive to at least get some pressure. Didn't happen. Um, I think Russell Wilson should be an MVP candidate. He is nowhere close to being at that level right now. I think the offense should be committed to the run. I think they have a good uh, running back to do that. They haven't. Like, these are legitimate things. Now, are, does it mean everything's wrong and there's no chance? No. I think Shaq Griffin's been playing really well. I think there's um, you know, a lot of players that have been playing well and, and doing promising things, and they can build. They absolutely can. But uh, there is every reason to be very disappointed with the way this team has performed relative to their talent level and relative to, you know, this is, this is a team that's been there before. They, they should be able to get off to a better start than they've been able to get off to. All right. Uh, any concerns about Sunday? Indianapolis, Jacoby Brissett, who, by the way, is a former Steve Sarkeesian recruiting target at UW when he was playing high school uh, yeah. football in Florida, and now he's starting for <laughs> the Colts, who are terrible. I think Frank Gore and maybe T.Y. Hilton and I guess Brissett because he's the quarterback and Scott Tolzien, because he was the quarterback, are the only four guys that most people could name on that freaking team. Uh, do they have to look – I mean, do style points matter to you? I mean, look, for, for for you and I, for our mental state, I think they do matter. But in the end, do they matter t- tangibly? Um, not style points, but definitely um, definitely progress. I mean, they need to see some progress in take place. One thing that I will say that, that is to that is the team offensively scored – more points every week, one to two to three. They've gotten more yards every week from one to two to three, more first downs, and they've had fewer, uh, a lower sack rate each week. So there is progress being made in some of these areas, but the places that to be rock solid, that you just need to be able to rely on the defense, uh, you know, the quarterback, um, that needs to become a stable. It needs to be a constant so the rest of the, the team that's younger and, and less experienced can catch up. So I do want to see that continue. I want to see that the other places start to stabilize. And, yeah, you know, I, don't, I would like to see a blowout. Um, but, but to your earlier point, I think the Colts have some strength. I think Brissett's good. I think Hilton's good. Um, and until the Seahawks show that they can run away from a team, you know, they're, every game's in question, including this one. All right, boss. Great stuff. Big thanks to Pagliacci or Pagliacci Pizza. Any specials yeah. you want to mention here on the air? Yeah, Monday through Thursday. So you're a little late now. Not you. I don't want to accuse you, Dave, of anything. But but uh, folks are a little late now, but they can start every Monday and Thursday. Order an 
11-inch pizza from Pagliacci, and they get a second one free if they use code HawkBlogger. So pretty amazing deal. Uh, people should take advantage of it. I love it. You're the man. Great stuff. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk in a week, buddy. All right. Thanks. You bet. Brian Nemhauser, HawkBlogger.com. Check out his stuff on Twitter, at HawkBlogger, the internet for free. Great analysis at HawkBlogger.com. That'll be it for us. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Bye. Go Hawks. Hey, Seahawks fans. One good podcast deserves another. Why don't you check out the Pedestrian Podcast? It's the official podcast of the UK Seahawkers, and it's hosted by Stuart Court, Adam Nathan, and Ross Bell. You can check it out at pedestrianpodcast.podbean.com or on iTunes. The guys are great. It's fun. Give it a shot. Go Hawks.